the children of the Force. Welcome to episode 53 of Children of the Force, a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Al Nawatsky, the adult. I'm Anna, and I'm ten. I'm Liam, and I'm seven. Right. And uh, we have a, kind of a different sort of episode today, but um, we're going to kind of take a stroll down memory lane a little bit and, and listen to something that we had recorded way back on episode 17 about Star Wars lines and about my, my story of waiting in line for Star Wars for the prequels. Um, so we're going to listen to that because we're thinking about getting into the Star Wars line pretty soon. But uh, before we talk about that, let's talk about some of the Star Warsy and just generally geeky cool. stuff that we've been up to. So we have not talked about this on the show yet, but I have started reading the His Dark Materials books out loud to you kids and your mom. So this is something that we do on road trips and also just at night when we have time, I will read when the whole family's around. And, um, and we just finished, right, and we just finished what we know as the Golden Compass, what people in other parts of the world know as the Northern Lights. That book had a different title in, in different parts of the world. So, yep. Uh, so the Golden Compass, the first book of the His Dark Materials by Philip Pullman. And what did you guys think of that first book? I've read it before and I really liked it. Yeah? I loved it. Yeah. I, I've been waiting to read these books to you since I finished them. And Daddy got I them think... to me for Christmas and I never really got into reading them. But now that Daddy's reading them, I would love to read them all over again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, your mom said the same thing. She tried to read the first book uh, a few years ago and it just didn't click for her. But then when she listened to me read it, uh, things made more sense. So that's cool. I'm happy to be of service, and it's an amazing story. It's kind so of a mature awesome. story. It's a little it's a little mature at times, um, and it even gets more so. But I think you kids are ready for it, um, especially you, Anna. You're the perfect age for reading that book, I think. But Liam, I think you've really liked it, too. What I do you have like, to say about it? I like Lyra Silvertooth. Silver tongue. Silver tongue, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's that's uh. We don't want to spoil it for people who haven't read it yet, though. So her we won't tell her. Actually, Lyra Bellacroix. Sure. Yep. Yes. But well, that's how I pronounce it. Who knows? You know, I I could always be pronouncing these things wrong. But uh, but yeah, no, it's really cool. And actually, you know, they're making um, the BBC is uh, the big television station over in the UK. They are making a television series based on. His Dark Materials. And it's going to be a long series, and they're going to do it justice, I think. I think it's going to be really cool. So, hopefully, I think so. I mean, there's some parts... Violent, like... Yeah, no, I know, I know, we don't want to spoil it, but yeah, there are some pretty violent, graphic, gory parts in that first book, so... We'll see how they do it, you know, I might have to... I might have to watch it first. Yeah, so... We actually just started reading The Subtle Knife last night. So, pretty cool. Anna, do you have something to say? When it's out, we'll probably be older and more mature, so we might be able to watch some parts that we would probably skip now. The TV show? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it'll be like late next year, if not the year after that. So, yeah, because they just announced it. So, oh, so it might be it, it might nine be, or yeah, ten. Yeah, sure, something like that. Yes, Anna? 
What is your favorite book of the His Dark Materials series? Hmm, I don't know. Probably the last one. Yeah. But they're all great. So, this over the weekend we went to see Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which was super that was so super fun. Awesome. It's a pretty good oh pretty good movie. Pretty good. I I think I I still, you know, I like the Harry Potter movies better, Definitely. but it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Mm. Um and uh it's it's a, you know, it's a it's a PG-13. There's some pretty dark themes in that movie, but um nothing too like gory or graphic and i think some of the stuff that might be the most disturbing is is more um off screen stuff you don't see uh and maybe just hear about so yeah i think it's it's a pretty good movie um i bought destiny for the playstation 4 uh which (laughs) that's kind of a just for me thing um that's a pretty intense game and i'm trying not to spend too much time on it it's probably a good thing that we shared the PlayStation 4 with our friend, Tony, so that when, you know, so we can have, I don't have it all the time, so I don't waste too much time playing it. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's fun, but not for kids, really. Uh, I got a new phone, which means I went to a Verizon store, which means I said, hey, I heard that if you go to a Verizon store, you can play that X-Wing virtual reality mission. Well, you don't play it, but you're kind of in it, and it's like a video that you can put the big headset on and look around while you do it. And you can actually find this video online. I'll link to it in in the show notes and on our website at childrenoftheforce.com. You can see the video, and you can actually move your computer around, depending on what kind of computer you have. Uh, you can move your phone around while you're watching the video and look around. But the actual virtual reality thing where you put on the goggles and stuff, that's something you can do at Verizon. I don't know if you can do that at home, but anyway, it was pretty cool. Uh, it felt like I was in Star Wars, which is always a good thing. I think we might watch Rebels tonight. There's a new episode out, but we haven't watched it yet. The Wiccanathu job, or Wiccanthu, I don't know what it's what, what it's called, but uh, depending on how smoothly this podcast recording goes, we'll hopefully have time to watch that tonight. So, yeah, it's a Hondo episode. And, uh... Hondo. I think it's going to be pretty good. I hope. Hondo. Oneka. Speaking of watching Star Wars, (laughs) we watched episode one last night and the night before. It was a two-night affair. But, uh, we have started our yearly watch-through of all the Star Wars movies, which usually happens over our holiday break, but we're starting a little early because I kind of want to try to get through all the prequels before we go see Rogue One. Yeah, before Christmas break even starts, I want to get through all the prequels. And then maybe watch just the very beginning of A New Hope so that we can kind of remember, like, what happens right after Rogue One, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, what do you think, Yeah. Yeah, all right. And speaking of Rogue One, last night, got our Rogue One tickets... They are purchased. Yeah. I had a hard time going to sleep last night because I was so excited about those tickets. And then I just kind of bounced around the living room and I was just like, yeah, this is so much fun. Oh, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Another Star Wars movie. Only a year later. Amazing. And then another Star Wars movie only a year later. Oh, I know. And then another one a year later. No, and then six another one a year later. later. After episode eight, then in six months, there's going to be another one. The Han Solo movie will be in the summer. So unless half, unless they change half the year? half a so year. So a year later, then another year later, then a half a year later. Yep, and then a year later probably then after that. Later. Yeah, yeah. So, I know. 
awesome, awesome, so, awesome, 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 so I was hoping to have finished Catalyst by now, that Rogue One prequel book, um, but I have not. I'm almost there, but then I got to get, you know, get it all down. You know, what, what do you need to know about Catalyst before going to see Rogue One? What are the most interesting parts? What kind of canon news, you know, is, is really uh, tells us a lot about, about the, the Star Wars galaxy, all that stuff. Um, so hopefully next week I'm going to have all that lined up and next week will be our big... Catalyst, Catalyst Canon News Show, right? Mm. And we'll talk about the book Catalyst and uh, discuss what it tells us about uh, about the lead up to Rogue One, about the the relationship between Galen Erso and Orson Krennic, and Lyra Erso, and Hass Obit, and Wilhuff Tarkin, and yeah, sure. There's there's and Sagarera. What? All right. Well, we'll have to talk about that next week. <laughs> um, but there is a bunch of really... Why, Daddy? Why did you bring it up? <laughs> Sorry, because I'm not done with the book yet. I don't want to do it until I'm done with the book. But there's a bunch of great information about Rogue One on the Entertainment Weekly site. I've seen, I'm seeing all these awesome headlines, and I haven't even read all the stories. Because we said we weren't going to talk any more about Rogue One on the show. At least no more plot details, right? No more about the actual story. What we about don't, Catalyst? We don't need to know more. Well, Catalyst is not Rogue One. And Catalyst is, you're meant to read it before seeing Rogue One. Not everybody's going to do that. I'm sure Rogue One's going to be great if you haven't read Catalyst. But they're saying you should read it before Rogue One if you want to get the most out of Rogue One. Which is why I want to record this episode. So people who haven't read it can... can, Or can't read. or or, Sure. Or people who have read it but kind of want a, a reminder of all the cool stuff that was in it, right? Stuff that might be consequential to Rogue One, right? All right, well, let's head on over to the news. So we're not going to be talking about those Entertainment Weekly stories necessarily, except for this one. There was a story about Michael Giacchino, and there's some quotes from Michael Giacchino, who, remember, is the person who is writing the music for Rogue One. It's not John Williams. That's a pretty big deal. Um, I'm hoping it sounds like John Williams, but we'll see. But, uh, here's what, here's what he says. Uh, a few quotes from the story, and this is a direct, direct quotes from Giacchino. Uh, there is a wonderful musical language that John Williams put together for the original films. I want to honor that vernacular, but still do something new with it. Something that was still me in a way. So he's going to honor John Williams. But B. Giacchino. Which, you know, we've talked about the movies he scored before. We really like them. And the music in them, right? So that should be a good thing, hopefully. Right? He said, I really enjoyed working with Jin's theme. And tying that into the movie. And having it slowly develop. And it's sort of a very emotional sweeping thing. Which was really nice to do. Jin's theme. It's going to be great. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, you know, I was listening back because I was looking for this episode where we, I talked about the Star Wars lines and stuff. I was listening back to our episode, uh, our The Force Awakens episode, and I recorded some stuff before we saw the movie and some stuff after we saw the movie, you remember? Like that morning during breakfast I recorded. And Liam, one of your big concerns 
when we were going to go watch The Force Awakens is that you didn't want new music. You did not want to have new music in your head. You just wanted the Star Wars music that you knew right now, and you didn't want any new Star Wars music. So what do you think about that now? Like, now that we have The Force Awakens and it's been added to our Star Wars music repertoire, what do you think? Are you happy that we have The Force Awakens music now? It's cool, yeah, I like it. Yeah? I'm, I'm kind of happy, but it, it's a big change. Mm-hmm, it is. For me to sing different songs that I have never been heard from me before yeah. is just hard. Yeah. So, like, kinda. you have Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Do you hum Kylo Ren's theme in your head when you're playing with it? Or are you still humming the Imperial March? You know? I'm not humming anything in my head. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? That's weird. You don't hum Star Wars music in your head all the time? Anna, don't you have a Star Wars soundtrack running through your head all day? No? I have Avid Brothers soundtrack. Avid Brothers, all right. I do. I always just think of Avid Brothers. Yeah, what song's in your head right now? Which Avid Brothers song? No? I usually do. I I have March of the Resistance in my head. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. All right. So here's another quote from Giacchino. He'd said, I'd say the score is 95% original, but with little moments of Williams' classic score here or there to accent. If I were sitting in that seat and I heard that, it would totally raise the hairs on my neck. So 95% of the music that we hear is going to be Giacchino original music. Oh, man. 5% John Williams. Although, you know, I think about this, and I think what percentage of what we heard in The Force Awakens was new music? That's probably 90%, right? And then just 10% kind of music from the original trilogy, right? Liam, did you pump your fists because you were happy that that we're going to get 95% new music? Did I see that? No? No, it was a pump for fist happy and a pump for fist ugh. <laughs> All right. Okay, so then uh, I believe this is uh, Anthony Bresnikan who is interviewing Giacchino here. And he says, can you describe the opening title theme? Do you use elements of his work there? So the, what, the, what opening theme, right? We just assume it's going to be so Giacchino says it's done slightly differently here because it's not one of the saga films it's not one of the trilogies it's sort of its own thing and the whole idea from the very beginning was that these should be standalone movies so it's going to be slightly different way a slightly different way to get things kicked off we're not going to have an opening crawl in this movie you guys I almost guarantee it there will not be an opening crawl. It's not a saga movie. It's not a trilogy movie. Oh, are you sad about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, this is why we're talking about it now. Get used to that idea. I think I would love it if they opened it up where it's just in the middle of a battle. And then oh, yeah. after the battle's done, then they do some sort of like Star Wars, kind of like they do with Rebels, right? Where they have an opening and then they go, bum, 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 and then they go back into the show, right? That might be how they do it. Yeah, like, it's gonna be different. Like a little, like a, like a. A cold open is what that's called. 
where where there's a little bit of the mm-hmm. episode or movie. Yep. And then there's like a song or something. Mm-hmm. And they show the title. Right. And then it goes back into the movie. Yeah. I'm okay with that. I kind of like that. Yeah. And the Marvel movies do that. Mm, I like most it. of them do at least. I think all of them do. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. Who knows what they're going to do? It won't be an opening crawl. I, I I, I'm 99% sure. I don't know it positively because I'm not, I don't read spoilers. I'm sure I could find out if I wanted to. From what I've heard, there's some spoiler out there that tells you what the first 10 minutes of the movie is. And I'm like, I don't want to know that. <laughs> so I've been avoiding that. Uh, okay. And then Bresnikan asks, what do you want people to feel when that music starts? And Giacchino's answer is, I think you'll feel at home. So, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. In a, in an, another Entertainment Weekly article, Kathleen Kennedy confirms that the standalone that Josh Trank, that was the director who was going to do a standalone movie, um, but then he, he kind of got kicked off of it because he was not behaving well. On, what do you mean? Yeah, he was not. He made him. He made the last Fantastic Four movie, and it was it was it didn't go well, and and there was some. Um, some nasty things that happened where he, he kind of like threw a fit and trashed a hotel room or something like that. I'm not quite sure, but he, he was not fit to be a director of the star Wars of a star Wars movie. Of course, I guess is that's kind of what Lucasfilm felt. I think, I don't know this for sure, but th- this is what, you know, people think happened. So he was kind of kicked off he was said, you know, um, go, go about your way and we'll find someone else to do it. Okay. But he was working on a Boba Fett movie. Kathleen Kennedy confirmed this in a recent uh, Entertainment Weekly article. A Boba Fett standalone. And that was going to be that was going to be the first standalone movie. That was going to be my favorite standalone movie. That was going to be life. your favorite? Well, it might never be made now. We don't know. It probably will. But it was going to be the first one. But then when he Take instead of Han Solo. Instead of Han Solo, exactly, yep. Um so like it's kind of on the uh it's in waiting now, you know, nobody knows, right? It's, it's not being made right now, but maybe it will be, but there was even going to be a teaser. They had a teaser all lined up for it that they were going to put out at celebration Anaheim, you know, when they showed that like moving poster for rogue one, just with Obi-Wan's voice and the X wings and the death star in the sky, which we never really saw a good video of. We just saw like a shaky cell phone video of, um, but they were going to have like an actual teaser for the Boba Fett movie. It was lined up and everything, but then, they said he was sick, but of course he wasn't sick. He was actually kicked off the movie. They just didn't want to announce that yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's Bummer. Too bad. I know. I know. I want to see that teaser. I wonder if they'll ever release that. That'd be kind of cool. It but, would. Oh, well, what could have been and what might still be, but we'll see. All right. So like I said, last night I got Rogue One tickets. We're going to the seven o'clock IMAX 3D showing. Uh, I... I, I was hoping to get just 2D for our first show, like we did with The Force Awakens, but there was no 7 o'clock showing for 2D. The earliest showing was 10.30. And then I'm like, that's not. So we're going to do 3D IMAX for our first showing. Remember when we went to The Force Awakens 3D IMAX? It was awesome. Oh, that was so cool. Remember that? Like the Star Destroyer seemed like it was coming off the screen at us. It's going to be really cool. And then uh, and your aunt and uncle are coming with us, Matt and Leah. Which is going to be really awesome, super fun. Your mom, not 
because what? she has volleyball, which is a bummer. But you and know, that's her last show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her last, her last game of the season. But that's okay. So, so I got my tickets already, so I didn't have to wait in line. But if you'll remember from episode seventeen, way back in the day, pre the Force Awakens, I talked about how Star Wars lines, um, you know, were kind of fun, even though I had to wait in line for like twelve hours to get a ticket, and then another you know, six hours before the movie started. Uh, that was a fun thing to do. So I thought today we could actually give a listen to that story that I told about my experience in Star Wars lines. And uh, we're going to give a listen to that, and then we're going to come back and talk about our The Force Awakens experience, right? It wasn't really a line experience, it was a little different, but we're going to talk about that when we come back. But for now, we're going to turn back time. All the way back to episode Done. 17. Done. Done. Turning back to ten. Back in time. We're almost there. Episode 20. Is episode 18? Stop. Okay, here it is. Ta-da! Oh, and before we start this, I realized after we recorded this, when I was listening to it, I said that the 20th Century Fox logo came on, and then the Lucasfilm logo came on, right? And then what was the next thing? Star Wars? No, it wasn't. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. How could I forget that? Anyway, let's give it a listen. But lines, I mean long lines, like hours and hours of lines, are something I'll sort of miss. So I feel like reminiscing and telling you kids a story about the time I waited in line for The Phantom Menace. Gather round, gather round. It's story time with Jedi Master Daddy. The day was May 18th, 1999. A Tuesday. But hold on, before that, the special releases of episode 4, 5, and 6 came out in 1997, right at the end of my senior year of high school. I went with friends to the nearest town that was playing the movie, Grand Forks, North Dakota, and I saw A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back at the Carmike 10 in Grand Forks. But then the huge Grand Forks flood hit, the one that made national and world headlines. And, well... I didn't get to see Return of the Jedi in the theater because there was no way to get to Grand Forks to see it. The town had been effectively evacuated, and nobody could go there. And, I mean, your mom lived through the flood. Your mom was living in Grand Forks during this flood. So, So me not getting to see Return of the Jedi? Big whoop. You know? Not a big deal. In the grand scheme of things. Of course, I would like to have seen it in the theater, but I didn't. But I did get to see it back in 1983 when it first came out, and I was four years old. (laughs) 
family, but of course we went not opening night. There was no movie theater close to us. You know, we just went uh, over, I don't even know, Christmas, I think, in Langdon, North Dakota. And uh, side note, Ewoks were the best thing a four-year-old me could possibly imagine, and I wanted one for a friend. So, the day was May 18th, 1999. A Tuesday. A mere seven and a half months before the big switchover to the year 2000, which was a momentous occasion everyone was looking forward to for sure. But even bigger than that? New Star Wars! A new Star Wars movie. It was an amazing feeling to get in line knowing that in less than 24 hours I was going to be watching a new opening crawl, a new first scene, new characters, new battles, all caps, NEW STAR WARS. It was a chilly 5 o'clock AM. I took the day off working at Ritz one hour photo at the mall. I cleared my schedule. I think I packed a lunch, I don't remember. But I was buying ten tickets. I don't even remember who they were all for now. I know that one was for my brother Neil. Because more than anyone, I think Neil is responsible for our family's love of Star Wars. He was into it, so the rest of us younger siblings were into it too. We all loved space growing up. And I think that was because of Neil. Because of the things he liked. Anyway, I strolled up to the line at 5 o'clock in the morning. And I was probably 20th in line. I brought a lawn chair. I sat down. I think I read a book. I don't remember what book it was. Probably something by Kurt Vonnegut or Ray Bradbury. I don't think I'd hit my Vonnegut phase yet, so I think it was probably Bradbury. Anyway, slowly but surely, the line grew and grew. It grew so long that it started to snake around the theater and out of sight. News crews showed up. Terry Doolam, Grand Forks' own feel-good, man-on-the-street, personal interest reporter, came and interviewed fans. He had many to choose from. There were fans who brought a generator. That's a thing that generates electricity, right? And they hooked it up to a TV so they could watch the original trilogy while they were in line. Now, this was before iPads. This was before watching video on your device. They They brought a whole TV and... And a generator so they could watch. And a VCR to put their VHS cassette tapes into the VCR to watch the original trilogy. Yeah, yeah, they're like, oh, carrying my TV. Uh, right? In line? No, no, no. Oh. I was getting out of line to see the TV. Well, you know, I got to know the people in front of me and the people behind me. So if I ever had to leave the line for it a little bit to maybe go talk to someone else in line... They knew that that was me. I was in this spot in line. So I could always come back and I'd be like, hey, I'm back. So I could actually had some other friends in line further down the line. And I could, uh, I could leave my spot every once in a while just to go say hey to them and then come back to my spot. It was a really joyous atmosphere. Everybody was very happy and super nice. So Terry Doolam was interviewing these people, and uh, I think there were some other people uh, playing a Star Wars cards game. 
that may or may not have included Pogs. There were so many fans. And I mean, I knew Star Wars was a big deal. I knew people liked it, but I didn't know that it was normal to like Star Wars. I know that. Uh. I'm glad you think so. I grew up in a really small town in North Dakota, and most of my friends didn't have older siblings. And if they did, those older siblings loved football, basketball, hunting. I lucked out, man. My older siblings, especially my oldest brother, Neil, liked Star Wars and Star Trek and computers. I hit the jackpot. But I never got to play Star Wars with my friends, because most of my friends had never even watched the movies. There were a couple of guys a year older than me, or two years older than me, who I could actually discuss geeky things with, thankfully. I joined them at the University of North Dakota a couple years after graduating high school. And we hung out a lot, we went to a ton of movies, and these two guys were on the receiving end of two of the tickets of the ten that I bought that day. Anyway, the day dragged on. People brought me food, I think. I don't really remember. I mean, this was 16 years ago now. So, well, sure. I was in line from five o'clock in the morning until midnight. You know that night. You know, yeah, five a.m. Oh yeah. But like I said, it was 16 years ago. So, (laughs) no, like I said, we're only going to be there like maybe an hour or two early. We don't have to do this anymore. But this is what I did, and I'm glad I did it. I'm glad I did it though. I'm glad I did oh, it. Oh, was but it fun? <laughs> it was fun. But like I said, it was also 16 years ago. So please forgive me if my memory is a little bit fuzzy. I mean, I don't even remember everybody I bought tickets for. But the time came. 6 p.m., I think, is when the tickets went on sale. So I was already there for 11 hours. The line got all tense, and everyone started actually carrying where everyone else was standing. A young woman seemed to have cut in line ahead of me, and someone actually threw an empty soda can at her. It got really, it got really nasty. It got kind of gross for a few minutes, to tell you the truth. The, the ugly side of Star Wars fandom reared its head, even before people started getting all nasty about the prequels, because everybody thought they were going to love the prequels, because everybody wanted their childhood back. That's why we were there. Our childhood. We wanted it back. We wanted to reclaim our childhood. So a bunch of adults stood in line for 12 hours to see Star Wars. Because we want to be kids. We want to feel like we did when we were kids. So I persevered, I bought my tickets, and immediately got back into line, because I wanted good seats, you see. Now, most people didn't have cell phones in 1999. Thankfully, Neil had one, and he let me borrow it. I called him once I had the tickets, and he came and took my spot in line while I went home and showered and ate a meal, which was probably just a microwaved burrito, which is what constitutes a meal in college. I gave Neil his ticket before I left, but I kept the rest of the others, the other nine tickets for the people who I was going to give them to. I distinctly remember driving in my old busted up LTD down Columbia Avenue, thinking to myself, if you get into a car crash and die right now, not only will you not get to see the Phantom Menace, you will also prevent your friends from seeing it on opening night. Drive carefully. 
That's literally what you thought. That is what I thought. I thought to myself, don't crash. Don't crash, because then you won't get to see the movie. <laughs> but that will just... You'll just keep thinking about that, so you might actually yeah. crash. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah, right? Well, I was very focused on my driving, while this little voice in the back of my head was saying, don't crash, don't crash, don't crash. Yeah. <laughs> but also, another reason <clears throat> you should have thought in your head is... Because I don't want to die. I know. That's why it's funny. Because <laughs> really, I should drive carefully all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And I do. I do, but... No, you don't. Mm, well, you. usually. Yeah, I usually do. But as you know, I made it back to the theater in one piece. And I waited in line for a few more hours until probably 10 or 11 o'clock p.m., they let us in, and we sat down in that small theater that I didn't realize was a small theater at the time, with non-stadium seating and a modestly-sized screen I didn't realize was modestly-sized. And we waited. Small. Not small, but not big. Not a big screen. Big medium. Yeah. I didn't realize. I thought it was a big screen. I, hadn't, I didn't know any better. I'd never been to a big theater with a big screen. Now that's pretty much all we go to. And we waited. I brought my Entertainment Weekly with Ewan McGregor and Liam Neeson and Jake Lloyd and Natalie Portman on the cover. And I read it as we waited. Do you want to see it? I have it right here. You do? This is the magazine that I read. I'll put a photo of this magazine up on childrenoftheforce.com. Anakin. I know. I'll be one. Yep. I can tell. Look, there's the Entertainment Weekly articles. This, these are the articles that I read as I was waiting in that theater. There is something that I think is really funny. What? Um, Jar Jar. <laughs> well, I think Jar Jar is funny. Yes, but something in here. It says, uh, it says that anybody who's looked at the soundtrack titles knows Qui-Gon Jinn winds up on the wrong end of a lightsaber. So will Neeson's stoic pilgrim be back in some spiritual form in episode two, the way uh, Obi-Wan was in, in, uh, in the first sequels? The first sequels, that's interesting. The original trilogy, they mean. I really can't say, is what Neeson said. But I'm going to make sure my passport is up to date. So he did. I don't even think he knew at the time, right? But people, a lot of people thought Obi Wan was going to come back as a ghost, right? Which eventually does happen in the Clone Qui -Gon Wars. Qui Gon Jinn, yes, sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. So it was really fun to to read through inside Star Wars, the stars, the creatures, the crew, um, and uh, and I read that in the theater as we waited. Waited and waited and waited. Mm -hmm. The theater was electric with excitement. It was buzzing. People were so happy to be there. I just talked to my friend John last week on the phone for the first time in probably four to five years. He was one of the older friends who I mentioned, uh, who I was able to geek out with when I was a kid. I asked him what he remembered from that night because he was one of the people you know who I gave the tickets to. And he said that one of his favorite memories was that when the lights dimmed, and the theater got quiet. He could hear the sound of multiple beer cans being opened at the same time. <laughs> he said he just heard like a wave of beer cans opening. Uh, 
because Grand Forks is a college town and the majority of the people in that theater were in college and probably drank too much. Uh, I, I drank too much when I was in college too, but not on this night. You don't want to get drunk you in want, the movie. Yeah, that's this, exactly what I was thinking. Right, this was a Star Wars night and I wanted nothing to do with beer. Drinking a beer in the theater would have made it impossible for me to recapture my childhood. My childhood had nothing to do with beer. This was Star Wars. Pure Star Wars. Nothing would sully it. So the lights dimmed and everyone became silent. Then the trailers played. But after the trailers, the lights dimmed even more and everyone got really quiet. Then the 20th Century Fox logo played. And there were some cheers. It was starting. The Lucasfilm logo appeared and people cheered some more. And then there was black. yellow letters and the theater exploded opening crawl opening pan from a starfield down to a ship the word padawan two jedi in their prime lightsabers battle droids an angry queen sniveling villains did that did he just push that lightsaber through a metal door what it was all happening I was watching for the first time this thing that I knew I would watch I so many more times. This thing I knew I would eventually share with my children so many times. And about 10 minutes into this movie, the unthinkable happened. One second, and I don't remember the actual second of the movie it was, we were watching The Phantom Menace, right side up front to back and then flip we were watching it upside down and backwards a reel because remember movies used to be played on film reels a reel had been rolled from front to back instead of back to front so we went from 10 minutes in to instantly 20 minutes in playing backwards. And all of a sudden there's upside down C-3PO talking backwards to upside down Anakin. It was madness. The theater erupted in booze. I shielded my eyes and I plugged my ears and I said, no, no, I don't want to see any of it. And they turned the lights up and shut the film off. We all shuffled out into the lobby, everybody grumbling under their breaths. Some not grumbling quietly at all. Some swearing. Some swearing. Some saying things loudly. And now remember, this is past midnight already. I'd been up since about four o'clock in the morning. And I don't remember feeling the least bit tired. The theater gave us coupons for free tickets as an apology while we waited in the lobby for them to correct the mistake. I got back in line several times and got many tickets. It's one of the reasons I was, as a poor college student, able to see The Phantom Menace six more times in the theater. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have got back in line more than once, but eh, then nobody seemed to care. The theater was very apologetic, and I took advantage of it. 
So after about 20 minutes or so, they let us back into the theater and they started it over from the beginning. And that's the story of how I got to be one of the first people in the world to see the first 10 minutes of The Phantom Menace twice. Win. Years and years later, I would recount this very story to your mother. As I told her this story, her face lit up and she looked at me with focused eyes, almost as if I was making up something unreal. And that's because she was in the same theater. A couple years before we even met each other, we were in the same room, watching The Phantom Menace for the first time. Together. Sort of. Sort of together. Anyway, the movie ended and I was floored. I saw it six more times. The last of those times was the last ever showing of The Phantom Menace in that same theater. Opening night and the last showing of closing nights. I even stayed until the end, hearing the Darth Vader breath and everything. Have we watched all of the credits in The Phantom Menace? At the very end of the credits, you just hear... Yeah, I think we have. Yeah. Yeah, we have. Yeah. So that was the story. Of going to see episode one. Now, episode two, The Attack of the Clones, uh, I saw at that same theater in Grand Forks. It didn't get there quite as early, so we were maybe 30 people further back in line. This time I had company in the form of your Uncle Matt. We hung out in the hatchback of his Festiva because it was kind of cold outside. That was May 15th, 2002. We bought a few extra tickets for friends. One of those friends was also my girlfriend. We'd been going out for exactly three months on that day, and we didn't know it then, but it was actually the second of many, many times we would watch a Star Wars movie together. Eventually, we would even watch these Star Wars movies with our kids. Mommy! <laughs> mommy! Mommy! <laughs> I love my mommy! <laughs> uh, me too. Now I don't remember I don't really remember that much about seeing Attack of the Clones. I do remember liking it. I remember walking out of the theater thinking that it was better than The Phantom Menace, that I liked it a lot more. And now when I look back on it, I think I actually like The Phantom Menace more, but at the time, Attack of the Clones just kind of seemed better to me. I really liked the Obi-Wan story, uh, where he's going to Kamino and all that stuff. Um, I don't know. It's hard to hard to rank them. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. kind of hard to tell which one's better. Yeah, I yeah. I think the Phantom Menace is better. You like the Phantom Menace better, Liam? Yeah, I think the Attack of the Clones is a little bit better. My favorite, my favorite, my favorite thing in Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. watching, well not watching, but like playing video games on, is the arena battle. Oh, the Genos and arena battle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's a good level. So, episode three... Revenge of the Sith. Now, your mom got advance tickets on the day of release. That was May 18th, 2005. The theater that we went to was just closer to her work, and I think she got them on the way home. There was no line. She didn't have to wait in line or anything. Um, We were living here in St. Paul. We were living in this house that we're in right now. And we saw it at the Regal Egan Theater here in the Twin Cities, right by where your grandpa lives now. Uh, It's the same theater that we saw Tomorrowland in. So your mom and I went to Revenge of the Sith together, Wednesday night at midnight, May 18th, 2005. Just a year and a few weeks before you were born, Anna. So, mommy and I saw all three prequel movies in the same theater together, even though we didn't know it the first time. And I can't wait to add to these stories in the coming years with you kids, 
and your mom and my siblings, Matt, my brother who waited in line with me for Attack of the Clones, he's coming to The Force Awakens on opening night with us. Your mom, she'll be there. We'll all be there. The friends and family that I saw Star Wars with in the past, they'll be at their own theaters. Maybe not on opening night, but they're going to go. And they'll all want to talk about it. It's going to be a cultural moment. A moment so many people will be able to talk about together. And going with you two kids, going to this movie with you two, is something that I feel so lucky that I can do. And so fortunate. And I'm just, it's something that I, I just, uh, I really, really appreciate it. And I really, you guys are the, you know, the light of my lives. And, you know, you're going to be experiencing this with, with me and I'm going to be experiencing it with you. And you're going to watch this movie so many times, but you'll always be able to remember that first time that you watched it. And it's always going to be this special thing where you went with your family and created these these moments and you're going to be able to talk about seeing it with your friends and it's such a it's such a piece of me and i think it's a piece of you and it's these stories that tell us who we are as people and how to be a person who has hope and how to be you know how to how to think about good and evil Helps you live a little bit. Yeah, Star Wars, like, yeah. It tells us. It tells us stuff. Star- it, it's not just good. It tells us. Well, it's good. It like in a really it, like it's so cool and stuff, and, mm-hmm. it's, and it looks really good, and it is really good. Well, that's not just a thing. It's also good because it it helps you learn. Helps you learn. Do you it's mean it has lessons in it? Yes, it has yeah. lessons. And also, yeah. Good speech, Daddy. Good speech. What? Good speech. Oh, about how Star Wars can help you. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Good speech. All right. Yeah. Why don't you guys come back on? Why don't you guys come back on this side of the microphone? Let's talk about like our experience going to the Force Awakens. What do you remember from that that night, almost a year ago now? Well, I remember that we got the seats we wanted. We did. We got right in and got our seats. And and I remember that Matt came with us, our uncle. Mm-hmm. And I also remember that when. I saw the big words of the title mm-hmm. on the opening crawl. I was like, this is really happening. My first Star Wars movie that's ever coming out. This is such a big deal. I'm so excited. And there was a, like, a rush of things going through my head. Like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. What the heck is happening? It's so exciting. What the heck? <laughs> Luke Skywalker has vanished. What? And then mm-hmm. I read it, and I was like... and. I remember that we just exchanged a glance. I looked over at you, and you were, and you looked over at me, and we both just shared this exciting face, like, "It's finally happening!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. Um, but yeah, there was no line, right? Because we got our tickets from the kiosk, 
because I had pre-ordered them online. And then uh, we got our seats. We came back out to get our concessions. Darth Vader served you guys popcorn. That was so awesome. Remember that? Huh? <laughs> Darth and Vader we fought over who got to hold it because Darth Vader touched it. <laughs> Do you remember Darth Vader was behind the counter? And he gave us pop and popcorn? Remember and we that? fought over who got to hold it because Darth Vader held it. Yep. <laughs> um, and I think we packed some stuff, didn't we? Like, uh, Anna, you, I think you had a book, I'm assuming. You always have a book with you. You probably read some stuff while we were waiting. Because remember, we waited in that theater. Once we got in the theater, oh, we yeah. waited for like two hours almost before the movie started. We did. Yeah, we got in there at like 5 o'clock, 5.30 maybe. And the movie didn't start till 7.30. So, <laughs> um, Liam, uh, actually I gave you guys the uh, that Topps Trumps uh, Star Wars game. Oh, remember that? That, that, was, that was for the Force Awakens Day. That we was a present. That. Yeah, we did play that in the theater. That was fun. Played a card game. Uh, yeah. And we recorded some of our podcasts in the theater. Should we do that this year for Rogue One? Record a yeah. little bit beforehand? Yeah? Maybe maybe I'm talk so to some excited. people. If there's other kids in the theater, we can talk to them maybe this yeah, time. Yeah, we could interview. La- last time we never interviewed anyone. Maybe we, we, we could interview we some We were talking about interviewing people, but we never did. Right, right. And, uh, and yeah, during the movie, you two cuddled with me. Anna, you cuddled with Lily Luna, I believe. I'm so bringing her. You're gonna bring Lily to this movie. It's good. This movie is gonna be hard. To Rogue One, yeah, it's gonna be a hard one. Really hard. I, I, I think it might be, but um, I don't think it'll be as hard as The Force Awakens because we don't know the characters. We don't know the characters as well. You, you kids grew up. You've grown up. I mean, you're not grown up yet, but. You have been growing up with Han Solo, so it's yeah. it's that was an extra hard one. Um, but hopefully, well, hard. hopefully this one we won't have to deal with any big, big things like that. But I'm thinking we are going to. But uh, they won't be characters that we've known for so long. What do you think, Liam? Um, I'm happy there aren't characters we've known for so long. <laughs> it's kind of a it's kind of a mercy, isn't it? Like <laughs> that it's not characters that we know really well. Yeah. I mean, we know Leia and Luke. We've known them for a really long time, and they're still alive. They're still there. I think one of them might die in episode nine, though. Yeah, I don't know. Well, no, nine? Oh, Leia, oh, nine. Or not maybe eight. eight. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, we're talking about um Rogue One. Yeah, but now Anna's talking about episode eight. <laughs> and nine what? she's getting ahead of herself but yeah so you know again we're not going to really have a line experience for rogue one we'll just have a sitting in the theater experience i suppose Probably. so yeah yeah i wonder if anyone's going to be dressing up as a death trooper this year Ooh. i'd love to see a death trooper that'd be pretty that cool. would be awesome and not the zombie death troopers but the rogue one death troopers because Zombie Death Troopers? <laughs> well, there's a book called Death Troopers. I talked about that in the last oh, episode, right? right? <laughs> um, yeah, Nick from London actually emailed me and said that he had read uh, he had read Red Harvest, which is the, kind of a prequel to Death Troopers, but it's also about zombie zombie stuff and Sith and all that stuff. How can anyone read he that? Said he, was, he said he was having a hard time going to sleep when he was reading that book, too. So. Yeah, I'm not going to read like that yeah. at all. Well, you, never you know. said it almost might, gave you nightmares. You might get into horror sometime. You never know. Horror? Yeah, you might get into horror. People mm-hmm. do. Yeah, you never know. I'm not a horror type person. I like being scared, oh, but I don't like nightmare scary. You don't like type nightmare scary. Person. Are you a horror type person, Liam? No. Nope. No, I'm not. 
But I have watched a horror movie here and there. Not many, but... You yeah, all watch a, Walking Dead. Huge, well, I do watch uh, The Walking Dead, I guess. That's, that's kind of a horror movie. Yeah, I guess, kind of. You said it gave you that baby. It's a soap opera with zombies, but whatever. A soap opera? Do you know what a soap opera is? Kinda. <laughs> and I know it's not really a horror thing. <laughs> no, no, that's why I said it's a soap opera with zombies. Anyway. Mm. Well, you know what? Um... That's going to be kind of be our episode, but I think we've got one more thing left. Let's head on over to the question and answer council. The question and answer council, where we ask questions and answer them. It's the question and answer council. It's the question and answer So, because next week is going to be our Catalyst Canon News show, that might be our last show before Rogue One. Oh uh, my gosh, it, that's scary. I think scary. it might be, because I got I got to be focusing on, uh, you know, preparing for the holidays and shopping and all that stuff, and then we'll have a big post-Rogue One show, so we might have next week's episode, and then maybe uh, that'll be it. So... Before, and I don't know, like next week if we're going to do a question and answer council, I think it'll just be all canon news from Catalyst. So before we go, and before we um, go to see Rogue One, I have a question that I think will prepare you for that movie. And my question for the question and answer council is, who do you think will survive Rogue One? That's not the right question. It's not? No. The right question is, who do you think will die in Rogue One? Well, I'm asking who do you think will survive, because I think that's less than will will die. Right? There will be less survivors. I don't think so. Than dyers. You don't think so? Okay, Liam, you have an answer for this? Who do you think will survive Rogue One? Jin will survive... Um, Chirrut. Chirrut? Yeah. Will Krennic survive? Krennic. He will? Yes. Okay. You, you realize what survive... You know, survive means continue to live, right? Okay, I just want to make sure. <laughs> just just want to make sure. Uh, how about Bodhi? Survive, but get badly injured. Okay. Think Baze? I like, lose his arm. Hmm. No. No. Uh, Cassian? Maybe. Maybe. Saw? No. No. K2? Mm, boom. Boom. <laughs> Am I missing any of the uh, the main the main crew there? I don't think so. Uh, Darth Vader? <laughs> of course! <laughs> My answer is the same as Liam's. Really? Except mm-hmm. I think K2SO will survive. Okay. All right, do I get to answer this question now? Yes. Who do I think will survive Rogue One? Yes. K2? Yeah. Jin. K... <laughs> no, I'm not saying Jin. Uh, I have not said Jin. Uh, actually, not K2. I take that back. Um, Cassian. Cassian Andor. No. No, actually, you know what? Jin. She'll be the only survivor. 
All other main characters will die. Krennic, definitely. Got to. By Vader. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Kind of <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you agree with there? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and then the rest of them are just going to, they're going to go out in the blaze of glory, protecting those Death Star plans. Now, I don't know what happens to Jin after this whole thing. Maybe she goes off and... But they get the Death Star plans, so... At least two people, in my opinion, have to survive, because... Two? It would be hard for just Jin, just Jin and K2SO to... To deliver. Right. To deliver. I believe it was a transmission. Uh, there was a transmission to Leia's ship. Darth Vader, only you could be so bold. The Imperial Senate will not steal for this. When they hear you've attacked a diplomatic... Don't act so surprised, Your Highness. You weren't on any mercy mission this time. Several transmissions were beamed to the ship by rebel spies. I want to know what happened to the plans they sent you. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate on a diplomatic mission to Alderaan. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take it away! Uh, the Tanta V4 received a transmission. And then they took that information, put it on the... The data on the disc and put it in R2. So I don't know if it was personally delivered to the Tanta V4. I don't think it was. So who knows? Maybe, yeah. Hmm, who knows? Here's an interesting question. Do you think we'll see R2D2 and C3PO in this movie? Nah. I think maybe a little bit at the very end. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. This would be the first Star Wars movie they're not in. We don't see him in it. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to be it for today. I uh, hope uh, you appreciated our little trip down memory lane with the Star Wars lines story. And uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's kind of fun to listen back. And I think it's relevant because there's a new movie coming out. So good stuff. So thank you so much for listening to episode 53 of Children of the Force. And as always, thank you to those who support us over on patreon.com slash children of the force. If you would like to reach out to us online, you can contact us via Twitter at Force Children. Our Facebook is Children of the Force. Our email address is forcechildren at gmail.com. Our website is Oh yeah. com. Head on over to speakpipe.com slash children of the force to leave us a voicemail that we will almost positively play on the show. And finally, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else you listen to us. Doing so will make it easier for more people to find us. And leave a good review or Kylo Ren will call you a traitor! And also, FN2199 will call you a traitor! Alright, so, for Children of the Force, I'm Al. I'm Anna. I'm Liam. And may the the Force be with you.